The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If this is your first time listening to my show, it's every Saturday at 6 p.m. on time, direct. You're going to hear raw, authentic talk about politics, about social issues. We talk about everything in the gamut. If you're not following me on social media, Y'all know, y'all know how I feel about that. You're making a big mistake, man. My social media is pretty lit most of the time. You can follow me at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum on all of my social media. A lot of the things that I talk about on the show, I also post as YouTube videos um, that gets uh, coverage all over the world. So we're going to start out with this impeachment thing, right? Earlier in the week, you know, I believe that the Democrats and some people that are anti-Trump or people that legitimately believe that Trump was involved in quid pro quo um, alluded to or took pride in uh, Sunland's testimony um, as he or at least what articles say I'm I'm, I'm reading a uh, I believe it's an ABC article that says that Sunland testified or his testimony targets Trump Pompeo and confirms the deal with Ukraine as a quid pro quo now Let's take let's take a few steps back. Right. I I, want to methodically walk through this with us so that we can have a clear understanding from my perspective and my point of view about this whole impeachment thing and why I personally believe that it's a big nothing burger. And it's literally a political tactic to um, unravel a duly elected president and President Donald Trump. So I want you to think about this and contemplate this definition for a minute. What is a quid pro quo? What is a quid pro quo? I don't need to. I don't need to give you a, 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 a dictionary definition. I want you to think to your own self. What is your perception of a quid pro quo? Because you are uh, making up in your mind if you are believing that the president is involved in this. You are making up in your mind what a quid pro quo is, and you're holding the fire to President Trump on this premise. My personal opinion about what a quid pro quo is, and it's very consistent with the definition, but I don't want to get um, tied up in semantics. But a quid pro quo is simply when you are requesting that a person do something for something else in exchange. You are going to provide financial stability or money or whatever, um, I guess, agreed upon standard for someone. Most of the time it's involving money. In this situation, it's supposedly involving um, aid that the United States is giving to Ukraine. You're going to you're going to say, I'm going to withhold. or I'm going to give you this. And if you give me that now, I want you to listen to Joe Biden, because I think that Joe Biden is being lost in the shuffle. Um, everyone testified to say that no one is above the law. And I don't think Joe Biden is above the law either. But when you talk about I'm going to do this in order to get this, I'm going to leverage this in order to get this from you. I want you guys to hear what Joe Biden said he actually did as the vice president of the United States against Ukraine as it relates to finances and firing somebody. And I'm going to tell you why it's important here in a second. So let's listen to the clip uh, of Joe Biden articulating what I believe is the 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 definition of a quid pro quo. Listen, the commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. So now you have money involved and you have an ultimatum. A billion dollars is at stake. Loan guarantees to Ukraine. So you have money. 
You have an ultimatum. Let's continue. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. So now you got a time period where if you don't fire this person in six hours, not, 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 not that if you don't fire this person or you don't lead to an investigation that will lead to the firing of this person. If you don't fire this person in six hours, you're not getting a billion dollars of loan guarantees. Let's continue. Oh, son of a got fired. Now, <laughs> this is a quid pro quo, ladies and gentlemen. If you, I have a billion dollars of loan guarantees that we're going to give Ukraine. We need you to fire somebody. And if you don't fire somebody, we're not going to give you the money. I'm going to give you six hours before I leave here. They fired a person within six hours. That is quid pro quo. But what they don't tell you, and I think it's important when you talk about this impeachment inquiry and the people who are behind this, what they don't tell you is that this 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 prosecutor is investigating Burisma, which is the company that Joe Biden's son worked for. Think about this with no experience. He had no experience in gas and oil. I think it was a gas and oil company. No experience. Zero. I don't even nobody even know if he speaks uh, the Ukraine language. But he's on a board of Burisma, which has already been documented as being corrupt. If you listen to anybody in the testimonies in this impeachment, they said that Burisma was a corrupt organization. This prosecutor was investigating that. Joe Biden's son is on that is on that panel getting paid fifty thousand plus dollars a month to do what? Nobody even know if he relocated to the Ukraine. Can you can you ex- somebody explain to me how that's not quid pro quo? And they fired the person so they couldn't continue to investigate his son. It's it's crazy to me. Now going back to President Donald Trump, all of this is opinionated hearsay. Some people do have firsthand experience in in some of these testimonies, but it's still an opinion. Not one single person that I've heard in these testimonies have been able to, been able to articulate very clearly. That this is a demand from the president that the president said, you know, um, Sunland said very vividly in his testimony when he was pressed by Republicans to say that he spoke to Trump on the phone and questioned Trump about the, the, the money being withheld. And Trump said it has there is no demand. There is no demand. I want to make sure that these people are being reasonable and there's no corruption before I give tax hard earned taxpayer dollars to a corrupt government. So there is no ask and there was no nothing done in Joe Biden's case. You had a, you had a demand and then somebody got fired as a result. There is no evidence that there was anything done to get the money released. That was held for 50 plus days. There was nothing that there's nothing that Ukraine did. They didn't do an interview on television. They didn't start an investigation. They did nothing, and they got the money. And the money that was withheld, they knew nothing about. They knew nothing about it. In Joe Biden's case, they knew exactly what he wanted. They knew exactly what was at stake. But in Donald Trump's case, they had no idea what was going on, but they're trying to impeach the president. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am employing you. I'm demanding that you do your research. Go back and listen to the uh, the interviews. Go back and listen to them. And I want you to listen to both sides so you can get a full perspective. But in my personal opinion, this is a witch hunt. A complete witch hunt against the president because they didn't like the fact that he got elected. 
Coming up next, Phoenix, Arizona, and these people who are adamant that they don't have to follow the law. Should you have to follow the law? Are law enforcement in Arizona relevant, reasonable? We'll talk about that next. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., y'all know what it is. Let's talk about policing in America, right? Let's let's let's, let's get into this. Let's let's get deep into policing in America. And I, as a former police officer, have become increasingly more disappointed with the public, with politicians, and such on their efforts to dehumanize and to undermine law enforcement in America. This is my this is my premise. I wish that we would just hold people accountable. Just hold people accountable. I hear individuals crying about the war on drugs. Listen, let me tell you this. No one put a crack pipe in your hand. No one put crack in your pocket. And told you to go sell it to the next man. That is a personal decision. And I don't want to hear not one person tell me that, oh, I was struggling. And so that's why I had to sell drugs. I grew up in an all black community. I went, we, we weren't rich. Could I have sold drugs then? Yes. Could I have, could I, I sell drugs now? Yes. If I wanted to. But that's not a proper a way to behave or to conduct yourself if you want to remain a free American. I don't want to hear the excuses. You know, I was reading a story earlier this week um, in Phoenix Metro system. People are protesting because Phoenix Metro police officers are actually doing their jobs. When you don't pay your fare or there's a level of investigation that needs to be done at Phoenix Metro, you're not exempt. You have to go by the rules that everybody else has to go by. And I watched the video of the young lady. This is on KTAR's uh, website. You can go and look it up. But I looked at the video, and the young lady already is being combative when police interact with her. And when I say combative, I mean they're asking for a name and date of birth, and she's refusing to give it to him. Oh, I don't want to go. I shouldn't have to. Uh, why, why do I have to? Just why don't you cooperate? What's so hard about saying if you feel like you're innocent, you to do nothing to say, okay, here's my date of birth or whatever. And you guys are going to find out I didn't do nothing. Get out of my face. And if you guys do arrest me and I didn't do nothing, I'm going to be a millionaire. What's so hard about following directions? And we see this being perpetuated all over the country. And we see it being facilitated by leaders, by political leaders, by the police department, even people like Jerry Brown. I mean, Jerry Williams, the police chief of Phoenix, just this legitimate disregard for for sanity listen this is my thing i tell my son you don't you can't don't make excuses to me you follow the rules and if you don't like the rules then you petition for the rules to be changed but if they're on the books you follow the doggone rules it's very simple when i was a police officer and i dealt with people i i didn't have problems with people who would follow the law right i never talked to them i say hi to them at the qt but people that decided that they want to break the law by punching their girlfriend in the face, which is assault and domestic violence, 
that you want to drive 70, 80 miles per hour on a 40-mile-per-hour road because you want to get drunk and go the wrong way on the freeway, go the wrong way on residential streets, then, then now you have to have contact with the police. You realize that if you do the law, if you obey the law and you do what you're supposed to do, you don't ever talk to police officers unless you're saying hi to them as you're driving by. But when you want to engage in criminal activity, take responsibility for your actions. If I was drinking and driving and I get caught, why are you resisting? Why are you running from police? And to be honest, you have a right in the court of law, but legitimacy sake, why are you even trying to get a defense attorney to say you'll get to, you, you are listening to this. I've had people that I've caught literally so drunk that they get out of the car and they stumble and they fall on the hood of the car and say, I say, do you, do you want to do field sobriety tests? And they go, officer, I can't cause I'm too drunk. I mean, I've literally had people fall asleep behind the wheel in the middle of traffic and, and, and you roll down the window or you open the door and it literally, I feel like I got drunk for how much alcohol came out of that person's mouth. The, the, you know, the smell of alcohol. And then they get to court and they say, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I mean, just, just the sheer ridiculousness of humanity is going out of control. I mean, it, it, I, don't, I don't know what else to say, but to raise your children right, Quit give it. Quit quit trying to allow your children to make excuses. And this goes along with this racial bias and policing that people lie about on a day to day basis. Listen to this. If you the police do engage in activity in minority communities more often, mostly poor communities. And then you can also say the minority communities, specifically black and Hispanic. And some people on at face value will say, this is discrimination. This is discrimination. Thomas Sowell said it best. If you don't know who Thomas Sowell is, I mean, he's one of the greatest men to ever live. He's considered to be one of the greatest economists in American history. Go look up Thomas Sowell. He wrote a book that I've been reading called Just Despair. Well, something that he says in the book is that just because there's disparities doesn't mean there's discrimination. And just because black people are getting patrolled more doesn't mean that's discrimination. When you put these factors into place, black individuals in America, and I'm not even, I'm not even talking about Hispanics. Let's talk about black folks. Black people in America commit half of the violent crimes in America, over half of the violent crimes, commit half of the murders in America. Now, with those basic statistics and black people commit crimes against white people twice as much as white people commit crimes against blacks. If you don't believe me, go look it up. Go look it up. Don't believe me. Look it up. When you have those stats in place and you and you put it in perspective, it only makes common sense that black people are being patrolled more than everybody else. Black people are being incarcerated at higher rates than anybody else. Go look at the stats. Look at the 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 uh, aggravating and mitigating circumstances that go into some of these court hearings. It's not just because you're black. It's because you committed five of the crimes before you've been sentenced today for aggravated assault or, or, or murder or whatever the case may be. And, and I want people to be held accountable to these things. Going back to the war on drugs, people have made this big fuss about the war on drugs. My personal opinion is that the war on drugs was enacted in good faith because it was a bipartisan effort. And also community leaders leaders wanted an end to the crack epidemic in the black community. When that was implemented, you then have more actionable actionable, uh, resources going towards these areas that an epidemic is occurring in.
And those people, not not necessarily the crackheads, because the crack is already in their system by the time they have interactions with the police. It's the people who are slanging the crack are the ones who go to jail. And there were some people, you know, they say, well, if you caught in possession of a small amount of crack, you'll go to jail. I mean, what other way can you deter some of these crimes that are occurring? And we all know, and if you work in law enforcement, EMT, you know that a lot of these people who people are trying to coddle today and, and say that, oh, addiction is, a, is this illness. Let me say, let me tell you this. And I know I'm rambling, but let me tell you this. Addiction is a illness that you chose to abide by. A illness that you did not choose is like, let's say, type one diabetes. You didn't choose that. That that happened to you. That is a happenstance. Your body failed you. And now this is a is occurring. But when you talk about drug addiction and, and opioids and, and, and oxycodone and all these other things, people abuse them. That's why they're addicted to them. It's not because they use them. They abuse them. They don't have enough self-control to not take a whole bottle of them when they know they don't need it. And then you go out into the sector of these illegal drugs. Nobody forced a crack pipe down in your mouth and told you to smoke it and risk your life buying it from somebody else with the with the possibility you can go to jail. Nobody did that to you. Nobody 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 put a, a heroin in your hand and gave you a spoon and gave you a lighter and you light it, take a syringe and inject it into your system. Nobody made you do that. Because of your weakness and your mind or whatever else you're, you're allowing to defeat you got the best of you and now you're addicted to drugs. Don't blame nobody but yourself. And there are avenues of rehabilitation that you can take advantage of if you so choose. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Chick-fil-A and the LGBT community. Did they fold? Did they fold to the pressure or not? We'll talk about it. You're listening to The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. This is The Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back to The Brandon Tatum Show. If you're not following me on social media, you're making a tremendous mistake. The Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. You're going to get some real raw and uncut stuff, maybe more in the long form. I got a short time to to just get into these issues with you guys. Hopefully one day I'll have three hours to do this. But let's talk about the LGBTQ community and Chick-fil-A. Let me start with this premise. Can we keep it real for a minute? Can I keep it real with you? Listen, LGBTQ is not who you are. It's a part of one element of what you do in your life. Being gay is not who you are. It's something that you do. Let me tell you this. I'm not identified as a straight man. That's not who I am. I'm an American, and I'm, my name is Brandon Tatum. And just so happened in the bedroom, this is the lifestyle that I choose to do. This is the lifestyle that I'm involved in. My friends, I don't look at them as, this is gay Rob. This is gay Johnny. No, you are my friend. I don't care what you do in the bedroom. It really doesn't matter. But you do happen to participate in something that society considers as gay relationships. That is tertiary. That, uh, that, that's not even anything close to who you are known for and what you're all about. 
And I want people to get that into their minds because it just bothers me that people play identity politics so much that they make their identity something that's irrelevant to most people. I don't think anybody should and would really care much about what you do sexually because being gay and straight ain't the only sexual deviancies. I won't say deviancies because if you're married, it's not deviant, but if if, there's there's no other, there's other sexual things that people do, hopefully legally, but nobody cares to identify primarily as their sexual orientation or whatever the case may be. So let's get on to, now that I got that out the way, let's get on to the Chick-fil-A thing, right? So everybody that has been paying attention to any kind of media knows that there's a controversy between LGBTQ movement. Well, let, me, let, me, let me step back because I think I need to clarify this. The LGBTQ community movement, there's two different things that's going on here. You have people like the, the gay people that I know or the lesbian people that I know that are not a part of this LGBTQ thing, right? These people understand that it's not reasonable for you to want to shut down an organization because they donate to Christian organizations. That, that to me is tyranny. So people that I know don't, don't participate in this brainwashing mob mentality. So I want people to understand that there's two different things. Just because you're gay, lesbian, or whatever, don't mean that you automatically are associated and participate with the mob mentality. Let's go back to my perception of the mob mentality, LGBTQ movements that are coming against Chick-fil-A. Got one shut down, I think, in London. They are petitioning to protest a chicken house. Pretty much a chicken house. I call it a chicken house. We call it a chicken house when I was growing up. They selling chicken in there, cooked chicken, then we call it the chicken house. Potentially a place that just sells chicken that do not discriminate. They have no discriminatory policies at all in anything they do. It's not a prerequisite for you to be straight, for you to be Christian, to work for Chick-fil-A. Gay people, handicapped, they don't discriminate. It's any like any business in America. If you mess, mess around and discriminate, you're going to be done for. They don't discriminate. Anybody can work there. The kind, some of the people with the with the highest spirit, they're kind, they're generous, they do their job. Chick Fil A hires them. Great people, mostly young people. Um, they get hired at Chick Fil A, so it's not discriminate. They're not discriminated against anybody on basic principle and policy. There's not a there's not an anti gay chicken sandwich. It, they just don't exist. But what people are mad at which I think is very bizarre in, in the United States of America, is that they want to protest them because they have a Christian foundational principle, at least the owner does, that he do not believe that marriage is between two men or two women. It's between a man and a woman. That is his isolated opinion that has nothing to do with the functionality of Chick-fil-A. But there's people who are in a mob who, because you don't agree with them, they want to shut you down and they want to put your whole business and they want to put everybody that's working for Chick-fil-A out of work. That's my fundamental understanding of how this is going. So they're protesting Chick-fil-A and a lot of people were upset because Chick-fil-A have vowed um, uh, earlier, earlier this week that they would not donate to organizations, the two top organizations that they donate to, uh, the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And it drove Christians in a frenzy. And some LGBTQ community people are celebrating as if it's a victory. Now, one of my followers sent me an article, and I can't find it, but I read it. You can look it up. But one of my followers sent me an article that's dispelling Chick-fil-A has disbanded or removed their support of Christian organizations. 
what they've articulated is that they have just changed direction of who they're going to donate to. Instead of donating to Salvation Army and some of these big organizations, they're going to donate to smaller organizations. But I haven't seen a clear perspective if they're going to open up their donations to everybody or is they're going to strictly donate to Christian organizations that the owner obviously have a vested interest in. And so the totality of what I'm alluding to here is that I think it's ridiculous for people to be mob like. So I'm going to come up with my own company called Carl's so nobody get mad at me. So Carl's, just say you have this place called Carl's. It's all over the country. One of the most, you know, I would say one of the most profitable businesses. Everybody loves Carl's. They have great sandwiches or whatever. And the owner happens to be a man married to another man in society that we live in. It's called gay, gay marriage or whatever. Just say that that person is a part of the LGBTQ movement. And he wants to donate specifically Carl's to donate to LGBT activist groups or nonprofits. Now, just just think about this for a minute. Would you be okay with Christian organizations coming and protesting Carl and saying that you are lamenting to anti-Christian organizations and we want you to be shut down? How dare you? Nobody would accept that. Because it's not legitimate. I'm a Christian, and I don't believe that Christians should be railing against an organization and want them to be completely shut down because you're you're donating to anti-Christian organizations, what some would believe is anti-Christian, because the the Salvation Army isn't anti-LGBTQ. You don't have to be straight or gay to be a part of the Salvation Army. If you're homeless, you're homeless. I have taken people who are trans. I've taken people who are gay. I've taken people of all sorts to the Salvation Army because they were hungry. As long as they weren't drunk, they were accepted. And now, now, if you are, a tr- this is the thing. I heard a story the other day about this. It was a trans person who's supposed to be transitioned to a woman, but didn't do anything. Had a had a chest hair, had a beard everything, but wanted to identify as a woman. And they were put into the shelter. Um, and it, it w- was with another woman who's a biological woman had been, who had been raped and it would cause trauma. And people were upset about that reasonably. So, and then they want to, the whole organization should be shut down. It's not fair. It's not reasonable. And I think people should look at it from both sides. Chick-fil-A has a right to be a Christian organization and donate to pro-Christian organizations and nobody should say nothing about it and if you don't like it just don't shop at at chick-fil-a that's not not anti-lgbtq and the same goes for an organization that supports lgbtq not i bet not see not one christian go up there protesting just don't shop there just don't eat there we live in america you don't get to shut down people because you don't like their rhetoric you don't get to do that that's a mob mentality and that's what that, that creates more um, I could say division because now Christians are now opposed to these LGBTQ groups because now you're trying to shut down an organization that they have. It's not right, ladies and gentlemen. And we've seen this happen too often. Now, on the subject of LGBTQ, real quick, I just want to say this because I don't want people to get the the illusion that somehow I don't think that LGBTQ people have rights or whatever the case may be. I mean, you live in America, you have rights. You could do your own thing. People should not discriminate against anybody for any reason. And you have to hold that true across the board. But I will say in the state of Arizona, Arizona has done a really good job of being inclusive. And they've ranked Arizona, many cities, Phoenix, uh, I think uh, it was Phoenix, Tempe, and I believe Tucson in Arizona are ranked 
100 out of 100 as far as being LGBTQ inclusive. Now, I believe that's fine and dandy. I think that everybody should be relatively inclusive. And to be honest, I think more states are inclusive, but people don't like the fact that there's any kind of pushback on anything that they do. But I do believe that Arizona is leading the way. However, I want people to continue to focus on one basic principle. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. Just love everybody. Even despite you may have difference, you may have differences of opinion, you may have differences of sexuality. At the end of the day, we should love our neighbors as ourselves. We should treat people with respect and understand that we're going to have our differences and let's love each other through those differences and not be about discrimination. You listen to the Brandon Tatum show. I'll see you after the break. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Y'all make sure y'all stay tuned. You're going to get all the raw, uncut stuff that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Let's talk about the election, right? I, I always talk about the election. I'm a political guy. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm involved in this. I'm, I'm interested in these things because... This is a big deal. 2020 is a big deal. Impeachment is a big deal. I also believe if you're a Democrat, which I'm not, but it's nothing to say that Democrats don't have a voice and and that people shouldn't be concerned just because you're not a Republican. But if you're a Democrat, then I think these things that I'm going to talk about now as it relates to Joe Biden and other people, especially if you're a Democrat in Arizona or independent, these things are very important because Donald Trump isn't the only person participating in this this 2020 election. You know, there's going to be some contenders, although I feel like not one of them have a chance at all. But there are contenders and I think people are going to vote for them. So we need to talk about them. Joe Biden. This this is my opinion about Joe Biden overall. Joe Biden have no chance. Zero chances of competing against President Trump in the 2020 election. It's not even close. To, if you ask me my personal opinion, I think Joe Biden should be investigated for quid pro quo and illegal activity that he did and his son were involved in in China and the Ukraine. But that's no here nor there. Joe Biden is sleepy. He's he's his age is very is showing him and Trump are, are relatively close in age. And Trump is is tweeting all night long. He nonstop. Rallies every week, dang there. I've been around Trump. Trump is a Trump. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he still got enough to fight all this stuff and keep doing this, given his age. Maybe I'm in the loop. And you, you're in your 70s. I thought you're supposed to be slowing down. It seemed like Trump is speeding up. Joe Biden is slowing down. His teeth fell out at one of the, the almost fell out his mouth at one of the debates. He can't remember where he's at half of the time. It's, it, it, it just looks bad. He stutters over his words. He's stumbling. He he seems off. And that's not a good look. However, what he's uh, promoting is more of a moderate viewpoint of Democratic policies. And I think that Arizonans, a lot of a lot of Arizonans are independent and they like a more moderate approach. And I really do think if anybody plans to poll well in Arizona, Maricopa County, Pima County, and which are are some of the biggest counties, if you're going to do well at all. You better stay on a moderate tone. Even if you're going to change it up and go radical in the primary, you you better be moderate in order to make it to the primary. Because as you can see, and we have a poll here, and and this is on KTAR, is that in Maricopa County, Joe Biden is polling at 32%. 
the next person up is Elizabeth Warren at 17%. And everybody else dwindles down. The other two on the list is Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. I hope I'm saying his name right. If I'm not, he, he'll he forgive me for it. And then Kamala Harris is, is, I don't know what she's doing. She ain't got no chance. And, the, and 20% covers the rest of the people. In Pima County, which is a little more liberal, in my opinion, which is probably why the numbers show this, they're a little more liberal, I think, than, uh, than Maricopa County. Pima County uh, has Joe Biden at 20%, have uh, Elizabeth Warren third at 13%, and then uh, Bernie Sanders is at a, a much higher percent, tied with uh, Joe Biden at 27%. And other counties, other counties have uh, Elizabeth Warren, being uh, ahead of Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, but this is the thing, man. I, if I let me let me play devil's advocate, let me let me say for a minute, if I was a Democrat, right? Which I used to be a Democrat, but if you listen to anything I say, you'll know why I'm not a Democrat anymore. But I used to be a Democrat, and if I was a Democrat today, I would be very discouraged by all of the candidates, but I would be more discouraged by how. The Democratic candidates are wasting time defaming President Trump and not really expressing how they're going to accomplish anything that could be perceived perceivably better than what he's doing. We need they need to address the economy because under President Trump, the economy is booming. The best it has been in decades. We, we have we have one of the best economies in the world, if not the best. And it's growing. The Dow hit records. I don't know. Two weeks ago, hit all time records. The stock market has hit all-time records under President Trump. So if you're being realistic, you say, okay, uh, whatever he's doing is working better than what Ob- Obama did because Obama thought that GDP and all this other stuff would never hit above two. We way above that. So you can't say this residual from Obama. Donald Trump and most reasonable economists have said that he had boosted the economy. So if you're a Democrat at this point, I want to hear you talk to me about how you're going to continue a positive trend in the economy and not destroy the economy if you are opposed significantly to what President Trump is doing. Another thing is is that the Democrats are alluding to is these fallacies of like free everything and the fallacies of health care for all and all these things. It, it, it sounds good, but people who have their own private insurance, they're going to lose their insurance on the health care for all system. Because you're going to eliminate private insurance and everything is going to be run by the government who can't even do the DMV properly. Have you ever did anything with the government and you want them to run your health care? OK, so I would like for Democrats to explain to me or if I was a Democrat, the Democratic candidates to explain how are you putting this much trust in the government when they can't functionally do hardly anything properly? I'm saying efficiently. I'm going to say properly. They do a lot of things, but it's never efficient. And I want you to talk to me about how we're going to pay for this when we're twenty trillion dollars plus in debt, and this stuff is going to cost seventy trillion dollars. We could talk about the Green New Deal. I think everybody wants to protect our environment, but if you look at it, we're only emitting twenty percent of greenhouse gases, and you got China and India who's emitting eighty percent, just almost eighty percent. And if they don't stop, our twenty percent is not going to mean anything. So I want you to explain to me how if they don't stop, but we're the only ones spending trillions of dollars to make an advance, how is that worth it to the American people? And also, it's not there's not a consensus on scientific proof that somehow humans have a direct correlation to global warming or, or, or climate change. 
they believe that humans have something to do with it. They can't qualify how much. Everybody knows that the climate has been changing since the inception of the earth. So for us to spend trillions of dollars to try to combat something that may be inevitable. And, and I'll say this to Democrats. Stop telling me that the world's going to end in 12 years. But, or that we're on a path to, if we don't fix it now, we got a 12-year window or it's inevitably going to crash and burn. Stop telling me that because it makes no sense. If somehow we got 12 years left on an earth that's been around for billions of years, according to scientists, then, I mean, not billions, probably millions, according to scientists, then we're screwed from the, from the get-go. That you think these little ants that's walking around on planet earth that don't even occupy most of the earth are going to somehow cause the earth to completely crumble and fall and we're not going to be able to survive. I mean, stop telling me that if you want me to take you seriously. In closing, in closing, if you want us to take you seriously... Quit with the identity politics. Quit trying to pit black against white, white against black, us against the police. Come up with solutions. Come up with something that we can stand behind and believe in. And if you do not do not do those things, then President Trump is going to win again in a landslide. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Y'all make sure y'all come back and join me next week. We're going to get into it raw, authentic, uncut. You know what? You know how it goes. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show, KTAR. I'll see y'all next week. This is the Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.